Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are back. The NFL back in full swing. How joyous was it? The first NFL Sunday and lots of shockers all over the place. How about the Arizona Cardinals defense? What the hell happened to the Green Bay Packers? Uh, The Niners beat the Lions with rookie quarterbacks. We're going to begin, though, with the New England Patriots as they suffer a loss at home against the Miami Dolphins. We begin first with the Adam Schefter tweet Sunday night. One of the many reasons why the 49ers traded up to the number three spot in this year's NFL draft was their belief that the Patriots could trade up to number three and beat them to Alabama quarterback Mac Jones, league sources told ESPN. Pats didn't, but still got their man. Mike, this confirms your report from April, Sheffield's report last night. So the Niners feared the Pats would trade up to number three of Jones, but the Niners took Lance anyway. Make sense of this. Well, I mean, here's the only way I can make sense of it is what I was told. I mean, Kyle was in Cabo. He's watching the tape. I think his dad was even there. I fell in love with Mac Jones. We got to get Mac Jones. We got to get Mac Jones. And I don't think the 49ers, Adam Peters, John Lynch, that group, I don't think they like Mac Jones. I think they like Trey Lance. And I think it took them three months before they got the mind changed on it. And that's the true story. Kyle went against it. Now, I was told this after the report came out. Someone said to me that, that knows all the players in this arena. They said, let me just say this very clearly to you. If Mac Jones ends up being as good as he looks, then Kyle and Mike are going to be really surly to most everybody in that organization because that's what happened. Nobody wants to admit it. All the Twitter universe, the geniuses, as I adjust my hairpiece, as I adjust my hairpiece and I talk to Twitter now. <laughs> that was the, the Twitter, by the way, that the was the highlight idiots. of last week's pod. Everyone kept saying, I can't believe Lombardi went off on those guys who thinks he wears a piece. What the heck? I mean, somebody said, I need to stop cursing. They're probably right. My mother's my mother's looking down on me. But I mean, like, seriously, like, like I know Twitter has all the answers, but I could say this. I can say this with 1,000% certainty. If we subpoenaed Kyle Shanahan's telephone with text messages, I was told that to somebody in the league, that everything we were saying on the pod was 1,000% true. It was fact. I was told this. Now, I'm not making it up. Schefter reports it. It's almost like now it's become gospel according to St. Adam. I appreciate it. I was saying it in April. Everybody called me an idiot and told me to fix my hairpiece. Like, seriously. (laughs) 
I mean, it is what it is. Mac Jones is Mac Jones. If you were to design a player to fit the Kyle Shanahan offense, the Mike Shanahan offense, that's Mac Jones. And what we saw yesterday was pretty evident that Mac Jones is going to be good. Now, I said this to people. Lee Harvey Oswald got convicted because of that pitcher in his backyard holding the rifle, right? Some people think that pitcher was manifested itself. His face was put on there, all that. I don't know about that. Okay. Mac Jones became Twitter's hateful because of his pitcher. Pitchers can do a lot of damage. They can do a lot of damage, right? Because Mac Jones with his shirt off sent the Twitter universe, those geniuses on Twitter that have all the answers, right? They have all the answers that sent them into a tailspin. How could he look like that? How could he be the, nobody's going to trade up to get Mac Jones. How about if we, how about if we did the draft again? Let's give it eight weeks. We'll do the draft again and see what happens. That's the story. What Schefter reported is 1,000% true. He knows it. He knew it back in April. And now everyone has made their decision, and we dive into the evidence of what we saw. Rookie quarterbacks in action, Mac Jones, as the Patriots lose the Dolphins 17-16. Now, Jones efficient much of the game, 29 of 39 for 281 and one touchdown. New England did have eight penalties for 84 yards and four fumbles. They lost two of those. And you think to yourself, oh, well, how did Tua do? Pretty inconsistent. Made a few big plays in the Pats defense without Stephon Gilmore, two for two in the red zone, but the Dolphins offense also only went four of 11 on third downs. So first off, Mac Jones, in light of what you were talking about, Mike, how do you think he fared for game one under Bill Belichick? I, I thought he was sensational. I thought he was great. He played fast. He played confident. He was accurate as hell. Made one bad throw in the game on the third and two. Uh, over to uh, Jacoby Myers. He threw it in the dirt. Bad throw. They get that first down. They're probably going to win the game. But look, this was everything that the Patriots preach they didn't do in the game, right? The middle eight, they lose this game because of the middle eight. And, and we're going to need to send a memo. You might want to type this up. Remember that song, Take a Letter, Maria? We're going to have to type this up. Take a letter, Urban. Urban knows nothing about the middle eight. He's so busy playing Indiana. He's so busy playing Minnesota. He's so busy playing shitty Nebraska. He lost sight of the middle eight. Yesterday, I know I'm going off subject here, but I got to get this in. It's 20 to 7, 59 seconds left to go. Houston has three timeouts. You're down 20 to 7, right? Out comes Trevor Lawrence. Well, you know, there. let's just throw three passes. Why not? Let's just throw three passes, get three incompletions, and punt it back to them so we can go in at halftime down 27 to 7. This is not the Big Ten. You better understand the middle eight. And the Dolphins did. And the Dolphins beat the Patriots right at their own game. In everything that the Patriots preach, they got beat. They were two for two in the red zone. Patriots are one for four. Patriots had eight penalties. The Dolphins only had five for 28. Patriots turned the ball over. Miami only turned it over one time. Miami won the middle eight. They scored 10 points in the middle eight. They got the ball before the half. They kicked the field goal. What, eight plays, 45 yards. They get the ball to start the half. They go nine plays, 75 yards. There lies the essence of why the Patriots lost the game. There it is. And then the Patriots couldn't stop them in the final minute of the game. I mean, Scott Hansen's complaining about Belichick using his timeouts before the two-minute warning. Scott, it doesn't matter if you use them before the two-minute or after the two-minute. It only matters if you stop them. You got to stop them. They couldn't stop them. And conversely, what do you think of Tua's performance? As I said, inconsistent. Some good plays, but at the same time, still has work to do. Yeah, I, I think Tua is exactly who I think he is now. I think Tua is going to throw the ball in the flat. He's going to throw crossers. You know, I thought he made a couple throws down the field, which were nice. But I think anytime somebody heats it up on him, it's going to be a problem. 
and I'm not sure he's going to be able to stay within the wear and tear of the season. I think the Patriots let him off the hook. I mean, they let him off the hook. They gave 14 play drives. They got a field. I mean, they gave him way too many drives at the end of the half. They had 17 plays in the middle eight. They killed them. They get the ball with 2.30 to go with the before the half goes, and they run it out. I mean, give Brian Flores credit. Look, he managed his team perfectly. They start the game off, right? And I preached this all week. I said, look, if they get into a man-to-man game against New England, Mac Jones will kill them. And they didn't. Josh Boyer, the defensive coordinator for Miami, he played much. He played more zone than he's ever played because he knew he can't play man-to-man against them. But Mac Jones was good at it now. Mac Jones was good. He made really quick decisions. You know, he, he made a couple mistakes like all rookies are going to make. But of all the rookies on that day, of all the rookies that the five guys that were drafted, Mac Jones was the best rookie quarterback on that specific day. To his numbers overall, 16 to 27, 202, one touchdown and one interception. Now we get to the biggest jaw dropper of the day. Saints Packers game of the day on Fox was an absolute embarrassment and not the way you're thinking. It wasn't Green Bay. It was New Orleans that just crushed them. Couldn't play at home because of Hurricane Ida. They're in Jacksonville and they wall up the Packers 38 to three. One of the worst games of Aaron Rodgers' career. 15 of 28, 133, zero touchdowns, two picks, a 36.8 passer rating. Meantime, famous Jameis Winston had five touchdowns. We'll get to the Saints and Winston in just a second, but head coach Matt LaFleur said they came ready to play absolutely embarrassed us today. And when Aaron Rodgers was asked with the comments, he said, I'll let him use those words and I'll use it. It's just one game. We played bad. I played bad. Offensively, we didn't execute very well. One game, we got 16 to go. Rodgers didn't even finish the game. Jordan Love came in in the fourth quarter. Is this just Mike an example of a quarterback who obviously held out, needed more time to get prepped, or is there a greater concern? Well, I mean, look, I, I think that the only, when we talk Green Bay Packers, we can only go to one man for the sage advice and the brilliant commentary, and that's Big Daddy Vince, my cousin. <laughs> and Big Daddy Vince sends me a text during the game, and it only says simply this, LaFuck is clueless. That's all the text said, LaFuck is clueless. <laughs> now, I, I mean, I, I'm not going to argue because every time poor Coach LaFleur goes against a good coach, he, his inexperience shows up. He's one for 10 on third down against the Saints yesterday. One for 10. They had 229 yards against the Saints that don't have it, that, that really had a trade for Bradley Roby because they have really no secondary other than Lattimore. They're worried about their secondary. And this is what you come up with? I mean, one for 10 on third down. Now, I know LaFleur got a job. He was over 10 when he was in Tennessee and Baltimore played him at home. He was over 10 on third down in that game. Anytime LaFleur goes against a really good coach, you got to start to ask yourself this question. Is he going to match wits with the guy? Can he play chess with him? And so far, he can't. It's so much about play calling. It's so much about specific. Oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. There's no marriage between the two. And Sean Payton, give him credit now. I mean, Sean Payton knows how to get his team ready. They're four for four in the red zone, three for three on goal to go situations. Get 322 yards. They go for it. They're 50% on third down. Perfectly managed game. It is one game. It is one game, and Green Bay will get back on track because Green Bay, I think what they play, I think they play Detroit on Monday night. I mean, they'll get right back on track, no problem. Here we go, and life goes on. 
And life goes on, but as we often talk about how important coaching is, you were picked for Coach of the Year, Pete Carroll, my pick, Sean McVay. Well, how about Sean Payton? I feel like he's got a lot to prove to people this year saying, you know what? If you think it was always Drew Brees carrying me, watch this. If the Saints can somehow be a successful team this year, if they can be a playoff team, Mike, I'd say hats off to Sean Payton. Winston looked amazing. Five touchdowns, that defensive game plan completely shutting down Rodgers. Again, it's only one game. But it got, maybe the Saints are a lot better than I realized going in. Well, I mean, look, we said it here on the pod, though, AD. I mean, Sean was making Drew Brees the last two years. I mean, he was making him. Drew Brees, if he was playing for any other team, if he was playing for the four, he wouldn't have been playing. I mean, he would have had to retire two years ago. I mean, Sean, everything Sean did was make Drew Brees successful. Now, I think Drew Brees is going to the Hall of Fame. I think he's great. I think he's wonderful. I think he's tremendous, and he carried, and he helped build that program. There's no, I'm not. But the last two years of his career was was he couldn't throw the ball. I don't care what the next gen stats said or what they said on NBC. He couldn't throw the ball. Everybody knew it, and Sean had to manufacture. And all Sean's done is manufacture ways to get points for the Saints. So, like seriously, it's it's you know there's there's so many times you as an evaluator, you as a scout. You as a coach, you've got to ask yourself, did the player make this play or did the scheme allow the player to make this play, right? You know, like I, I'm, I'm working on this book about the Hall of Fame. There's some guys in the Hall of Fame, actually there's some guys in this class that weren't even the best player on their team and they got into the Hall of Fame. Was that scheme related or was that just because they're great PR? There's always, you have to ask yourself this question. Did Tua win yesterday against Miami because he played great or did they play collectively as a group? I think that's what happened. And I think he played well. I'm not disputing he did, but I'm not sure how well further he could play. Same thing with the Saints. The Saints did exactly what Sean needed them to do and they were really good. Jameis Winston must be like, oh my God, I got Sean Payton now. This He's going to unlock the greatness of Jameis Winston. As long as he can cut down those turnovers, then Winston will have great success. AD, I think this, I think what you just said there is so true. I think Sean Payton, the Belichicks, the P, these coaches, they're worth $20 million a year. There is such a gap between these great coaches in the league, the guys that understand how to make their players better, the Andy Reeds, then the next level. Like there shouldn't be if if Pete Carroll's making 10 and LaFuck's making five, that, that that that's that's too close. It's true. You're right. The great ones truly deserve great money, the lavish money, and the rest of them, well, he can just kind of get the scraps. Um, how about the Browns? They, they have a massive upset. They're like, oh my God. They're, they are beating the Chiefs. They're doing so. They're pushing them around. They led the game, the entire game, Mike, heading into the fourth quarter. You know, Kareem Hunt, touchdown, 29-20 lead, and then all of a sudden, bam. You mentioned Andy Reid. Tyreek Hill, 75-yard touchdown. And then Jamie Gillian, the Browns kicker, drops drops a snap to set up a Kelsey score, seven minutes left. That gives the Chiefs the lead. They have a chance driving late. And Baker Mayfield, who did not throw a touchdown pass, he threw for 321 yards, but he throws an interception to seal the deal. Again, there's two sides of this coin. Hey, credit to the Chiefs. They stepped up. Mahomes was awesome. 337, three touchdowns. Tariq Hill had almost 200 yards receiving, Kelsey two touchdowns. I mean, it was classic play from the Chiefs battling back, but for the Browns, I mean, what a punch in the gut to lose a game like this. I mean, I think this game is, t- is evidence that I think Baker Mayfield's a good player. I think if you start paying Baker Mayfield $45 million a year, you're going you're gonna to regret it. I think this is exactly why he doesn't have a contract extension. Look at, look at his second half possessions. They go three plays, they fumble. They go nine plays, they score a touchdown. 
right? They go four plays, they, they lose on downs. They go three plays, they have to punt. He goes five plays now when he's down, he gets intercepted. When the game is on the line, he, here's the fundamental question to ask in any sport. When they know we have to throw it or they know we have to run it, can we do that? Can we do that? And every time I watch Baker, his numbers are just remarkable. I'm sure his agents will have a whole dossier on how brilliantly he played and look at his numbers. They're sensational. You know, look at him. He's, he's, you know, he's 21 for 28 for 321 yards. You know, he's got a 97-5. He didn't win the game. He had, he's had chances to beat the Chiefs twice, twice, the divisional game and yesterday. And he gets outscored 23-7 to in the second half. 23 to seven in the second half, you know? So like, I, I, what can I say? Like, I, I think Baker, I think if I'm the Browns, I'm paying Baker, but I think you got to go to Baker and say, look, you got, the, I mean, how many more progressive commercials can we take? Seriously, AD, <laughs> I mean, come on, give me Dr. Rick. I don't need, I don't want Baker at home. Give me Dr. Rick. I mean, he's on Hulu. Look, you got Hulu, you got progressive. Okay. That's got to be worth 5 million a year. All right. So I'll pay you 30, 34. Now you're at 39. Like, seriously, you can't pay this guy all this money until he delivers for you in the stretch, down the stretch run, until he delivers and makes the plays. I don't know how you could pay him this. I don't know how you could pay him to that elite level. There has to be the velvet rope quarter of quarterbacks in the NFL. They all just can't get closer to Mahomes. Yeah, and that's why the takeaway for me is the Chiefs are great. Of course, are the Chiefs. Don't give them too much time because they'll come back like a wounded animal. But for the Browns, it's the same old song. Disappointment against an elite team. And that would have been such a statement win for them to start the season. Now you're left shrugging your shoulders. Meantime, the Steelers and the Bills, I did not realize the Steelers' defense would be this good. Man, they made life tough for Josh Allen. The Bills settled for just one touchdown, three field goals, despite crossing midfield eight of their 11 possessions. This is one of the league's top offenses. And now TJ Watts back, two sacks, forced fumble. The Steelers were down 10 to nothing. Steelers' defense looked really strong, Mike. I was impressed how good they looked against Josh Allen. Yeah, I was too. I mean, I, you know, look... You know, the opening kickoff, the, the Bills take it back. And once again, you know, they can't make a play. I mean, I thought Josh Allen looked a little bit 2019 Josh Allen in this game. I mean, he throws it 51 times. Once again, there's no running game. I mean, they ran the ball late in the game, but there was really no running game. And, you know, he couldn't make an explosive play. You know, he had the, the longest play of the game was a 37-yarder to Gabriel Davis. I mean, they couldn't make any explosive plays in the game. And he had ample opportunity. I mean, he had ample opportunity. In the second half, he goes 12 plays, go lose it on downs. He goes eight plays on downs. You know, then they go three and block punt. Nine plays field goal, 10 plays field goal. I mean, he couldn't make an explosive play. It's one game, but you're right. I mean, hats off to the Steelers. I'll tell you what the Steelers do better than anybody. They tackle. They tackle. And if you're going to beat Buffalo, you got to tackle really good. Because the reason they don't get big plays yesterday is because they tackled so well. Because nobody could break a tackle and get going. And if Buffalo doesn't make explosive plays, you know, are they going to be reliable and consistent enough? I mean, it's one game. I didn't think Josh Allen played his best game. I just really didn't. I mean, I thought it was really hard when you watch it. I mean, his longest pass of the 37 was, was to Emmanuel Sanders for 16 yards. That, that, that's not good enough. 
Yeah, and that's why for the Steelers, I don't know how much you're going to get out of Ben Roethlisberger at 39, but that defense plays that well. Uh, they can seriously carry them to some wins like that. Really, really impressive work against the Bills in that offensive coordination. All right, more rookie quarterbacks in action. We talked about Mac Jones. Now we'll talk about Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. All fine in the end zone. We'll break down their performances next, right here on the GM Shuffle. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So, as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game. My new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Op drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do Go check out the PXG Black Ops Driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. So let's get into the Niners and the Lions. Niners up 41 to 17, under 10 minutes to go in the game. Lions scored under two minutes to go, recover the onside kick. They cut it to 41-33. But trying to ice the game, Niners wide receiver Debo Samuel fumbles, gives the ball back to Detroit. Their run falls short in the ensuing drive. Now, Jimmy G got the start, but Trey Lance and the Niners did use him. He connected with Trent Sherfield, five-year touchdown, first career game, first Niners rookie to throw for a score in a season-opening game since they joined the NFL in 1950. As you said, Mike, you thought Mac Jones was sensational. Trey Lance at least gets a little piece. Now, knowing Coach Shanahan, do you think he works him more, or is this just going to be uh, an anomaly when he shows up? Well, he had three carries for two yards in the game. I mean, I think, uh, you know, and then there was a report out pregame that the Niners are auditioning Jimmy G for trades. I mean, the Niners are doing everything in their PR stance to make this trade line because they've got to. I mean, look, Adam, Adam Peters, their general, their assistant GM, John Lynch, I mean, they're the ones who convinced convince Kyle Shanahan that, you know, this is the better guy for your, what you want to do. You could change your offense. They, they've got a lot at risk here. And, you know, I mean, look, Garoppolo's sensational yesterday. I mean, the guy, the guy throws, you know, he's 17 for 25 against a bad team. I get it, you know, but he was really good. Like, I don't know why everybody's in such a rush to put Trey Lance out there. Let the kid have some time. Like, what's this? What's the rush? The rush is because everybody watches Mac Jones and they see Mac Jones play so good. Like, like the, what's the big rush? Like, let Garoppolo do his thing. You're going to win with Garoppolo. You know, you, you were able to get out of there with the win. You know, I mean, it wasn't pretty at the end. You gave up too many points in the second half, obviously. You gave up, you know, 23 points in the, in the second half. But you were in complete control of the game the whole time. You scored 41 points. You know, all your, every, the more you use Trey Lance in that role, the more people are going to figure it out. I mean, I've never heard a reaction. Besides my hairpiece, I've never heard a reaction <laughs> to a five-yard gain like Twitter does to Trey Lance. 
Like, it's like fucking unbelievable. Here we go. Dick Vitale. Oh, it's Trey Lance. It's five yard. Oh, my God. As usual, Twitter versus always something to be trusted. Um, Rams and the Bears. Let's move on. Stafford. Listen, I love the Rams this year. Stafford only had six incompletions, 20 to 26, 321, three touchdowns. They had fun against the Bears defense, as expected. Now, Justin Fields used intermittently, two of two for 10 yards. He did rush for a three yard touchdown. Andy Dalton, end zone interception in the opening drive. The players playing from behind all night. As we've said, Mike, sooner rather than later, Fields is going to be the guy whether it's week four, week five, who knows? But this, to me, went as scripted. Rams' offense looked great, and the Bears' offense didn't. Yeah, I mean, look, it's like anything. I mean, you know, it's like Parcells used to say all the time when he'd get on the team plane and he'd see all these guys working on their computer and looking at, you know, the stats and all this shit, you know. And uh, Do you know why we lost the game? You understand why we lost the game, and it's not on that fucking computer. Like we're throwing checkdowns. I mean, Andy Dalton. Well, we we're you know I could hear it now. Andy Dalton was seventy one percent completion. I mean, you know what more do you want from Andy Dalton? Seventy one percent. He's twenty seven for thirty eight. You know, his long pass was nineteen yards. Long pass was nineteen yards. I mean, Matt Nagy was. Ver- I mean, it was in rare form going for it on fourth down twice in the first half. You know, I mean, not punting there going for it, and basically giving up six points. Think about this, A.D. The biggest misconception in really going into the season is the Bears are good on defense. And we've said it here on this program. They're not. Yesterday, the Bears played 24 and change of defense, and the Rams scored 34 points. That's, 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 that's really remarkable. Meanwhile, the Bears controlled the ball. 71% completion, A.D. We got 71% completion. That's tremendous. You know, like, like that really matters. Like, what do we give? Like, we got to get the ball down the field. 19 yards is our longest pass play. Like, if we don't get it down the field, we're not. The longest play of the game was the early part 41-yard run. And then, you know, why do we call Andy Dalton 2020 quarterback? Because he moves the ball from 120 to the next, and he can't get in the end zone. And, of course, the first drive of the game, he throws an interception. Like, the Bears, I, I just don't get it. Like, uh, Nagy, all he does is call plays. He's playing Nintendo in his basement. <laughs> call plays, call plays, call. Oh, that's for a call plays, call plays. Like, got to make a play down the field. I know he was scared to hold the ball because he knows his line can't protect. I get that. But you got to make a play. You got trick play. Do something. I mean, it's, it's a horse and buggy offense. I mean, the, Al Michaels kept saying, well, they've every, every possession they've gotten the ball, they've moved it into. Yeah, but they don't. They didn't score any points. It's like you know. Yeah, Mac Jones played good. He didn't score enough points. You know, he didn't score. You don't score. You gotta. You know, you gotta get the the quarterback's job is to get the ball in the end zone. It's not to play good. It's not about seventy one percent completions. It's about Teddy Bridgewater. Oh, I'm getting sacked. All of a sudden, I break out of the sack. I throw it to Albert, and Albert goes and makes it. I make a play in the red zone. You got to make plays. You know, and then you look at the stat sheet and say, well, he was really effective. 71% complete. Yeah, we, we, the game was 34 to 14. Yeah, that's what they say of statistics. It's like a woman in a bikini, right? It tells some of the story. It does not tell the whole story. That's where they can be misleading. And that gets us to a real surprise was the Texans. They got rookie head coach David Culley. Tyrod Taylor was fantastic. The Texans' defense took advantage of Trevor Lawrence's mistakes. You know, all this focus about Deshaun Watson. Well, listen, Tyrod Taylor, 
pretty good. 291 yards, two touchdowns. And Lawrence, who I think is going to be a great quarterback, Mike, he made some rookie mistakes. That happens. Three interceptions overall. What did you make of how good Houston looked as Urban Meyer falls flat? Well, I think Urban, you know, I think Urban is exactly what he, he Urban's going to learn the NFL. And I'm sure it's going to take up some time, but eventually he will. But you could see his team runs in compartments. Right, he's got offense, defense. They run in compartments, and I, and I think that he, he's got to straighten it out. He's not going to be able to throw the ball fifty-one times and win, right? He's got to play complementary football. He's got to play better situational football. He's got to manage the middle eight. He's got to figure out how is how am I going to play to win the game? He's got play callers. He's got Schottenheimer. He's got Bevel. Like it's not all orchestrated. It's all got to tie together. It's all got to come together. The points of emphasis on how to win the game, and look. I said it on Decent. I've said it here. I, I gave out, I put three picks out on, on Sunday morning. Houston was one of the picks. I had Arizona. I've got the Raiders tonight. But the, the fact here is Houston, they knew how to attack this defense. Like Joe Cullen, the new defense coordinator, was on the same staff as David Culley. They were going to attack this defense. It was going to be pretty clear. And Tyrod Taylor was going to turn the ball over. He played within himself. You know, he didn't make any mistakes. Ingram ran the ball effectively. They got Lindsey going a little bit. I mean, they made plays when they had to, didn't manage the middle eight. I mean, look, Jacksonville's 30, 27% on third down. You're not going to beat anybody, whereas the Texans are 12 for 21. They were in 21 third downs. 21 third downs. Give a, you know, all this crap that the Texans are the least talented team. I never was buying it. They got some really good players. Now, they're not great. I mean, they'll have a hard time winning week in and week out, but but that's the fact. That the the fact remains that the, the the Jaguars have to understand how to play before they can figure out how to win. And at least for one week, like you said, Houston surprised and they took advantage of a team. Listen, the Jaguars are not expected to be a good team this year, so credit to Houston taking advantage and have a strong overall performance. One matchup which was particularly notable because it was the incumbent versus the new guy, and that's uh, Wilson versus Darnold. So obviously, Zach Wilson comes in, flashy new toy for the Jets, rookie quarterback, rookie head coach Robert Sala, and now Sam Darnold gets jettisoned over the Panthers. Well, Darnold gets his revenge. 279 yards passing, one touchdown, one rushing touchdown. He spoils the debut of Zach Wilson. Wilson did show some poise, did get sacked six times. So that Jets offensive line needs a lot of work. But I think, again, Mike, if you'd said to me who's going to win, I would have picked Carolina. 1914 was the game. McCaffrey was great, 187 total yards. But what'd you make of Zach Wilson's work? I thought Zach Wilson was really good. I thought Zach Wilson was, he didn't play as fast as he needed to play, but I thought he got the shit kicked out of him. And they lost Becton in the game. They lost the, the left tackle to a, to a knee. This Jet offensive line is bad. And when you saw how many hits this quarterback got and how, what a beating he took in the game, I thought he was a man in there. He stood in there and took a lot of hits. You know, he sacked six times. Numer- he got hit t- 10 times in the game, uh, coming from all different angles, coming from all over the place. And so for me, it was like, look, I was impressed with Zach. This offensive line for the Jets is not very good. Defensively, I don't know if they could hold up. I mean, there was a lot of opportunity for Carolina to make more plays than they should. They turned the ball over. They had a fourth and one from their own five, and they went for it and made some mistakes. I mean, but I think it's going to be a long year for the Jets, AD. I really do. I mean, this game shouldn't have been as close as it was, but Carolina's one for four in the red zone. I just think to me, it's going to be a really long year. Well, they lose Becton. You lose your left tackle and, you know, and you're trying to win without a left tackle and, and you're, the rest of your line isn't very good to begin with. You're, you're going to have some real problems. 
Yeah, what I liked about Zach was at least he was able to bounce back. Like 6 of 16, 84 yards, no touchdowns, a pick in the first half. You're down 16 nothing. Okay, that's a 29.2 passer rating. He's under duress. The fact he's able to bounce back on those two touchdown passes shows, okay, this guy was able to make adjustments, has resolve, has competitive desire. But like you said, that O-line is going to be a disaster all year. It's bad. It's really bad. I mean, they went by all those guys. They struggled. And, and, and Carolina, whether it was Burns, whether it was any of their other guys, Derek Brown, I mean, they really, that defensive front for Carolina was impressive. They got after him and they wore down. The, I mean, the Jets, you know, it, it was a closer game than it should have been. But it was not a game that the Jets ever had control of. That's a good way to put it. Uh, ultimately, coming up next from the GM Shuffle, we'll turn our attention over to the NFC East. The other New York team as the Giants back to their old selves, and Jalen Hurts looked fantastic oh, for the Eagles. I can't wait. Jason Garrett, we could talk about that offense, AD. <laughs> The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures markets, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Well, let the record reflect. Check last week's GM Shuffle. I said I'm picking Washington to win the division. Mike said Dallas has the most talent, but Mike said watch out for Philadelphia. They've got a great defensive line, and maybe Jalen Hurts can step up. Well, wow. They look better than advertised against the Falcons. 32-6. to Hurts was 27-35 for 264 yards and three touchdowns. Now, listen, the Falcons have seen better days. We know that. Julio Jones is gone. Matt Ryan is aging. But my biggest concern with Jalen Hurts, Mike, is the completion percentage, right? 52% he threw last year, one of three. Yesterday went 27 of 35, and I know he can make plays with his legs. I know he can hang in the pocket. He looked really good against Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, look, I said this on WIP to Angelo Cataldi. I mean, the one thing the Eagles have, if they stay healthy, is you got to have a hard time blocking them. You can throw the ball on them, but you got to block them. And Atlanta, just to me, is not very good in their offensive line, even though they have all these high draft picks. Their defensive line really couldn't stop them. And, you know, I thought Philly had control of the game completely from there, uh, the, from the start to finish. Matt Ryan didn't really look effective. Atlantis looked bad all preseason, and they haven't been able to really get it going. I thought Philly was the better team. I think it just watching all four of these NFC East teams so far, I think, you know, Philly's going to be a hard out, especially if Hurts able to make some throws in the pocket and not become a runner all the time. And if they stay healthy in the offensive line, 
I think they can be a real problem. They were impressive. You got to give them credit for their win. Uh, you know, they'll have a tough game this week against San Francisco. But look, I think f- when you're good in offensive and defensive lines, I don't give a shit what you are anywhere else. I mean, you got a chance to win games. And Jalen Hurts, like you said, in the pocket was good. Still rushed for 62 yards. The big guy here is first-round receiver Devontae Smith. He's already got his favorite target. Obviously, chemistry from the college ranks. So Nick Sirianni and company off to a good start there. Meantime, the same old story for the Giants and Jason Garrett. Saquon Barkley only had 10 carries for 26 yards, and it's the same old Daniel Jones. This is a guy who had some flashes in his rookie season. I think he was mediocre in year two, and now it's time to put up or shut up. Now you're into year three, right? Much like Dave Gettleman. I feel like 2022, you got to show us what you got. Daniel Jones was a controversial first-round pick in 2019. What's he going to do now? And it was the same old story. Turns the ball over. Offensive line wasn't good. Uh, I mean, I mentioned Barkley's numbers already. They scored 13 points against Denver. Now, you and I both think Denver's a good team. And Bridgewater played well. 264 yards, two touchdowns. But God, if you're a Giants fan, Mike, you watch that game and you say, they looked flat. They didn't look sharp. Same old story for the G-men. And their head coach calls a timeout, throws a challenge flag after a touchdown. And he loses a timeout when he should know the rule. I mean, he should know the rule. I mean, Joe should know that rule. You can't challenge a scoring play. How bad is that? I mean, how bad is that? You know? And, and, and he challenged it because he thought that Albert, and I can't say his last name, the tight end from Missouri, who was really good in the game, he had one fumble, had a touchdown, made a great catch on the touchdown, made a great catch and a great run because he didn't go to the ground and control the ball, but he scored. Once he hit the pylon, the play was over. I mean, it's just Joe didn't have anybody telling him the rules in his headset. It's ridiculous. He just blows the timeout. Look, the Giants' problems have been well-documented on this podcast, much to the chagrin of the Giants organization who thinks that I have it out for them. They, they, don't, they don't understand. They can't evaluate their own players. They, they overjudge their own players. They're not good. I mean, they're not even good on deep. Everybody thinks, well, we're good on deep. They gave up 420 yards. I mean, any anytime they wanted to make a play, and that's with KJ Hamler dropping a touchdown pass. I mean, KJ Hamler was ten yards behind the defense. They took advantage of Peppers on every single play. You know, the Giants talk about, oh, we got Jabril Peppers. Anytime Peppers was on a tight end, they just killed him. And then when they were in eleven personnel, they took Peppers off the field. I mean, it's a joke. I mean, it's a joke. Peppers can't cover anybody. It's just they misevaluate their players so badly. Like Daniel Jones to Mac Jones, who's better? I mean, like, seriously, you can pick this guy six pick overall in the draft and you're still counting on him. He fumbles, holds the ball. The game speeds up. Oh, you know, they get the ball. They, they make, he makes a great throw to Slayton on the opening drive of the game. And then they go backwards. And, and that's not even mentioned, please, with all due respect, Coach Garrett's offense, which is exactly the 2004 North Turner offense. Like, seriously. Like, there's no imagination. And, and Barkley's not ready to play yet. He had 10 carries for 26 yards. He has no juice in his lower body. Did anybody watch him in practice? Like, it's one thing to be cleared to play. It's another thing to play. Like, if you're Gettleman and you watched him in practice, wouldn't you go over to Joe and say, Joe, look, you know, I know he's, you know, let's, let's, let's just not use him too much. I mean, their running game, with the, if you take Daniel Jones's quarter, because this is the big play of the game, AD, the quarterback draw was the biggest play of the game for the Giants. I mean, I mean, the clapper was calling that quarterback draw as many times he'd get his hands on it. He loved it. He was loving it, right? So it's six for 27 for 45, 4.5 a carry. That was Daniel Jones, right? Barkley and Booker had 14 carries for 33 yards. I mean, 
There's no, there's no design in the running game. The Clapper refuses to design a run game. This is just not a misdemeanor. But look, the Giants have been bad for five years. They're 28th in win percentage over the last five years. They're 26 over the last 10 years. This is just not a, this is just isn't a one-time thing. They missed, I mean, John Mara is one of the nicest human beings on planet Earth. Unfortunately, John Mara can't have an honest conversation about his organization or evaluate himself. That's just the problem. It's just a hard thing. He's loyal to people. He likes people. They're, they're stuck in time. They can't get out of it. They won't change. And they think Garrett's a good coach. They think he's a, because he's, he went to Princeton. He's a great offensive mind. No, he's not. It's one of the worst offenses to watch. And, and you're not helping the quarterback. It's just awful. Awful times right now in the Meadowlands. You're a fan of the New York Giants. Let's do a few quick hitters, and then we'll get to the awards. I wanted to mention Jeff Okuda, the cornerback. How about the fact he got chewed out on the bench? The Lions passed on Tua Tungavailoa and Justin Herbert for Okuda. The third pick of the 2020 draft had a miserable rookie season, and his second season not off to a good start. By the way, this is just in. He's out for the season with a torn Achilles. Yeah, I mean, and now you're mad at him because he wasn't playing? What was he? I mean, how about that? A torn Achilles. That's unreal. A uh, couple other ones for you. How about uh, Brandon Staley? L.A. Chargers of a new head coach. We used to crush Anthony Lynn. Well, now the former Rams defensive coordinator last season, he gets the Chargers off to a good start, 20-16 to win as they beat Washington. Russell Wilson, by the way, 23 passes. He throws four touchdowns, 20-16 to win. Seahawks didn't need to pass a ton, but they beat the Colts. You're loving Pete Carroll. And one more for you. How about the Bengals? They beat the Vikings 27-24. Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, a good week one for Cincy. Well, I mean, since he got lucky, a couple calls. I mean, since he got really lucky, Joe Burrow got the shit kicked out of him. He sacked five times, right? I mean, he got he he paid a price for the game, and you know they were twenty one percent on third down. The great Zach Taylor's offense. I mean, they stuck a win out of here, twenty one percent on third down, and you were able to win the game. Good luck. I I think one of the other misconceptions in the National Football League, and I've said it on the pot, week seventeen last year. Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles are moving the ball up and down the field on the Washington football team, the great Washington defensive football team. And until they take Hurts and everybody out, Philly's going to win that meaningless game. Yesterday, yesterday, we saw this great, great. Everybody says, everybody says Washington's defense is great. They're great. They're great. They're tremendous. 14 for 19 allowed on third down, 73.7%. Gave up 424 yards. Like, I mean... How are you great if you don't play great? The Chargers had the ball 38 minutes in the game. The only reason the game's close is because the Chargers two for six on third down on, in the red zone. I mean, it's the only reason. They're two for five in goal-to-goal situations. I mean, Washington's rep, they're great on defense. They're not. Until you play great, you're not great. They're not playing great. You know, Tampa moved the ball on them in the playoff game. They, they, you know, they got actually good performance in the playoff game. They couldn't stop Tampa. At some point, when are we going to stop saying a team's great defensively when they don't have numbers to back up their defense? Now you're right. You look at Washington. You always mention their defensive line, but those numbers do not lie. One more, and then we'll get to the awards. The Titans' offense. Ish. Ryan Tannehill looked uncomfortable. Derrick Henry stuck with less than 10 rushing yards into the second half. And how about Chandler Jones? This guy was unbelievable. He had five sacks for Arizona. I, I couldn't believe how good Arizona looked, particularly their defense. 
Well, I mean, I think I, I thought I loved Arizona going into the game. I tweeted it out, and I thought it was because a couple reasons why. If you go back to week one of the season, Cliff Kingsbury's execution was really good. He beat San Francisco in San Francisco 24-20. Cliff knows how to get his team ready. Give him credit, right? The other thing is I thought there's so many COVID cases going on in Tennessee. I don't know how good they are. Lawan got his ass kicked. If, you, if you're the left tackle, if you're Lawan and you watch what Chandler Jones did to you, it's bad. And and look, we've said this time and time again. When Tennessee has to play a drop back pass game, it's over. It's over. They can't pass protect. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants to admit it. But unless they can run play action passes, they can't throw it. I think they missed Arthur Smith yesterday. And I think it was going to be a hard game. Look, their defense is historically bad. Their defense was historically bad last year. Historically, right? They were terrible. Yesterday, they gave up another 400 yards. I mean, they were one of the worst defenses in all of football last year, and it hasn't gotten better right now. Now, is it personnel? It's early in the season. They're coming off a lot of COVID cases, right? They're coming off a lot of COVID cases, so we'll give them that. But for the most part, I mean, that game, Chandler Jones was really sensational. Five sacks. I mean, they never, and Tannehill had to hold the ball for just an extra second. It was bad. Certainly was bad. Let's get to our awards now. Let's, who's going on the lamb? I'm hoping it's Jason Garrett, but who do you got for on the lamb? Well, I mean, you know, it's so early in the season, but I, I think, you know, I think if you're Urban Meyer, I, I think you got to really spend some time and really understand how to win in the NFL. And I think you will. You're a smart guy. You're a good coach. You've a proven winner. But you can't run a three-department. This is not, we're not on Wall Street. We're not playing Indiana. Like, you got to tie everything together. you got a bunch of independent contractors on your coaching staff. And until you get all that tied together, you're never going to beat anybody. You just, you know, you were a favorite going into that game. How they were a favorite, I have no idea. Like, how could Jacksonville, who's the worst winning percentage in the last five years of any team, the last, the worst winning percentage in the last 10 years of any team, and they open up as a favorite? It tells you the power of Twitter and public perception. It really does. And so for me, uh, you know, I think, I think Urban's going to really need, he need Urban, what Urban needs more than anything, what Urban needs more than anything is a confidant. Urban needs Jimmy Johnson or somebody just to kind of like, hey, here's the way you got to handle things. It's not college. Like, we're, you got to manage the game three parts. You got to understand the first half. You got to prepare the team for what it's going to take, what the week looks like. I think it's really going to be a challenge. I think he's got to figure that out. All right, Fred Palermo were the best game plan of the week. You know, I mean, look, I thought Seattle's offensively, I didn't touch on this. I thought Seattle was brilliant. I thought Seattle did really good. They've got their offensive line. I think Waldron, the kid they got from the Rams, I thought he was outstanding. I thought he was really good. They get play action passes. They're able to handle that. I thought the Chargers plan, they only scored 20. They should have scored more. They certainly could qualify for a great game plan. You know, I thought the Dolphins win in the middle eight, the way they did that. I think there's no question. The Arizona Cardinals, clearly, going on the road into Tennessee and dominating, they deserve, they deserve Uncle Fred's award. Love Uncle Fred. And the last one, for week one of the NFL season, if you don't know, now you know. Well, I think you know that it's going to take rookie quarterbacks all time to get ready. I think we know that, right? And the other thing I think you got to know is Mike Tomlin's a hell of a coach. And, and Mike Tomlin knows how to get his team ready to play. And they may not be the most talented Steeler team, but with Matt Canada, the way they've changed their offense, I think the two teams that look better offensively this year than last year are Seattle and Pittsburgh. Now, Pittsburgh scored 23 points in the second half. I thought Seattle was a problem 
you know, they're, they're on the, Russell's under center. They made play action passes. They hit some deep balls. I thought they really looked good. I think the under center part of football is going to come back. And the other thing is, is, is now is not the time not to say Matt LaFleur needs to figure it out. At some point, for big for Big Daddy Vince, he's got to figure. You got to you got to you got to have to play good in a big game. Well said. As always, send us your mailbag questions to the GM Shuffle at gmail.com or feel free to send us a message on Instagram at the GM Shuffle. This is from Stephen. Hey guys, excited to follow along with the show. The rule where a fumble that rolls out the back of the end zone for a touchback maybe the dumbest in all of football. Chargers had the ball second and goal. Herbert threw a pass towards the end zone where his hand got hit and the ball dropped what we all thought was incomplete. But it was ruled a fumble, and because the ball rolled past the back of the end zone, 25 yards away, it was ruled a touchback. Why is this rule? How does it change? I feel like every time it happens, everyone talks about how stupid it is, but year after year, nothing is done about it. I don't think they can figure out what to do with the ball. Who gets the ball? Like, nobody recovered it, so what do you do? Like, what do you do? If nobody recovers it, how the hell do we do it? I don't know. I mean, I think it's bad. I don't like it, but, you know... You had the ball. You lost possession. Now it went through the end zone. You know, that's why you can't, you shouldn't extend the ball. That's why you got to be careful. I mean, I don't love it, but I don't know. What do you want to do? You want to give the ball back to the offense? Yeah, that, that wouldn't make any sense. You're the one who lost the ball and you get rewarded for it. I agree with you. It's a dumb rule, but yeah, that, that I'll would give make it back. Sense. Oh, no worries. I'll give it back to you right here. Please come right back. Have another <laughs> table for two here at the two. Like, I, I get it. I mean, I'm not knocking the I think it's a fair question, Stephen. I just don't know what, what's the alternative. What's the solution? You know, you want you want four. Let's you want four strikes in baseball. We'll give you four. <laughs> you know, right? Offense is down. Let's figure this out. Um, let's get to the pop culture minute. Yesterday, Novak Djokovic was trying to win all four Grand Slams in the same year. Stunning upset. Daniil Medvedev wins in straight sets at the U.S. Open. I was pumped because I'm a huge Roger Federer fan. And so now Federer, Djokovic, and Nadal all still tied at 20 majors. I just read a great book. It's called Roger Federer, The Long Run and Beautiful Game. And it's by Christopher Clary of the New York Times, longtime tennis writer. It's an amazing book. I got to tell you a couple of these stories about Federer, Mike. One of them is that he's taking a tour of Nike. He's going around there. They're going to new shoe for him. They leave and he goes, oh my God, we got to go back. And they said, what, did you forget something? He said, no, I forgot to thank some people. They went all the way back through security, like <laughs> 20 minutes just so he could go back and shake some hands of people because he realized he did not thank them. Like there's another one. Andy Roddick asked him to come to a charity event. Federer says, sure. Roddick picks him up in Austin and then Federer says, all right, give me the whole rundown. Don't just tell me it helps kids. Explain it to me. He goes, all right, sure. They go there, and Roddick goes, normally there's like a manager or a handler. He goes, you know, maybe I'll be that guy. Federer walks right in, just starts introducing himself, works the room for two hours. I've got to go take him somewhere else. And he's like, no, no, hang on, let me finish this. And his flight's delayed. Rather than go to a bar or go somewhere else, he goes right back in and works the room. I mean, I know you've worked, you've obviously, Brady, you're close with. There's lots of stories about superstars. I can't think of many more gracious, selfless superstars than Roger Federer. It's a great book. Uh, that's unbelievable. And Jim Nance was qualified. Jim, that's and Jim Nance would remember everybody's name. Like he would work that room and remember everybody's name. I, I tell people this all the time about Jim Jim Nance. As nice as he appears on television, and he's really and he appears really nice. He's nicer in person. And I, I think there's that's a unique quality to have. That that that's a timeless quality because you're not worried about your time. When you don't worry about your time and you're giving time to others, that's an, that's an incredible, incredible talent. 
I completely agree. Remembering names, being genuinely inquisitive, being interested in others, pops to Roger Federer and Jim Nance. Uh, did you get a chance? I know you had family visiting or friends visiting, excuse me. Did you watch any of Only Murders in the Building? Marty Short, Steve Martin? Not yet. Not yet. I haven't. I have not, but I, I, I will get on it ASAP. I, this week, I'm doing it. All right, done. We'll get your review. It's on Hulu right now, and check it out. Uh, thank you so much to everyone for listening. It is the GM Shuffle. We are back, and once again, we're back to twice a week. So we'll be here Thursday, and as always, Mike will give his picks. He'll tweet those out, put them on Instagram. It's great to be back right here on The Shuffle. <laughs>